Welcome to Long Story Long. I'm your host, Lisa Curry. Today's guest is my hilarious, hilarious stand-up comedian friend. We're friends, right? Danny Jollis. Absolutely friends. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I know like friend is such a uh, loose term in comedy. Because um, well, some yes people you'll no. do three shows with them and you're like, this is my friend. And then they are, you know, exposed as an abuser and you're like, I didn't know them ever. Well, but I also have issues with that. And I've always yelled at people when that happens. Uh I think there's this real instinct from people. And maybe it's because I went through one early where it was a friend of mine. He was outed as somebody not good. And Mm -hmm. every single person I knew was like, always hated him, never liked him, never knew him. Yeah, it's that's a weird. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's definitely easier. What if instead we just admitted that we uh, we misjudged somebody and that there maybe like is a lesson to be learned here? Yeah. Like maybe you can know somebody and also not fully know them. And like, you know, like I, I remember with him, like there was this lesson where it was like, you know, uh, was I ever aware? Of course not. But, mm-hmm. you know, do I bet that at some point with him, somebody went, you know, I really actually don't like blah, blah, blah. And I went, I went, oh, you just don't know him. No, 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 mm-hmm. no he's great. He's great. Mm-hmm. He's great. Probably. And so like now if somebody's like, oh, I don't like blah, blah, blah. I'm like, huh, Why? And like, but that's yeah. a lesson I learned because that, and so many people. Oh God, I know I've the got second- a list for you to break down after this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to. I think also to your point, I I hate when people do that, even for somebody like Louis, who's objectively bad. When people afterwards were like, I never even thought he was funny. I'm like, shut up. Yeah, yeah you did. You're allowed to admit you like somebody, mm-hmm. and also that you disagree with a choice they made slash choices. Yeah. And you know I mean? choices upon choices upon choices that are still happening a couple months ago. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. I think to your point um, with also with admitting that like, oh, I knew a different version of them. That also supports the idea that people treat different people differently. You know yeah. what I mean? So that kind of removes people's argument that they go to of like, he was always nice to me. Dewey, knew he, Dewey, <laughs> Louis never jerked off on me. So he must not have done it to anyone else. It's like, no, he's a different person to different people. Yeah. And it's like, and that's, and maybe like, that's something I should be more aware of. Like maybe there's a lot, it's like, yeah, I just, I I think there's like just lessons to be learned from things. I don't think there's anything wrong with lessons. It's literally the point of my special and like (laughs) learning, truly like learning, maturing, like Mm -hmm. that's like the whole point of the specials, the end of it, which like. Uh, many you know if you get to the end of the special there's this big kind of final point about what's a real opinion how opinions change over time and part mm-hmm. of that's like admitting like oh i might not have gotten it right with this person i might have screwed yeah. up yeah. you know not consciously but i might not have fully known who this person was and then i just learned and now i'm better for it and so clearly because of that person a decade ago is when this happened yeah nah, so what we're years. saying is like assault is actually good because it helps the rest <laughs> of us grow Sometimes you need a little disaster in your life to become a better person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, where did you grow up, by the way? Virginia. Oh. Fair. I know. Surprise. Did you start comedy out there? Nope. Started in New York City, like an idiot. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I'm a real dumb dumb too. I started here in LA. Yeah, it's so dumb. I know. It's such a dumb move. We, uh, Wait, did you... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's, so yeah, yeah. I... I, oh. I I regret it, but I, I technically did my first ever open mics in Virginia, but like, like, I mean, maybe once a year. And then yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in college, I started doing stand-up for real, but that was in New York. Where'd you go to college? NYU. I was going to guess it. That's everybody's 
What other college is even there? Is there another one? Tons. Is the there's Comedy Cellar a college? Um, Barnard. There's Columbia. There's oh yeah, Columbia. Uh, I forget New about. School. There's there's all sorts of bullshit. What did you study in at NYU? I was a double major in theater and political science, but theater was really oh. what I went there for. Yeah, theater was uh, the real one. My nice. parents, my parents didn't want me to be a theater major. Whose uh, parents do? <laughs> A lot of people out here. <laughs> I'd say most people out here are like my parents always believed in my, and I'm like, my parents actively were like, you cannot be a theater major. And I was like, well, literally what if I get a second major? And they were like, fine. Um, yeah. Which is frustrating. Cause the only reason I got into NYU was cause of theater. Mm-hmm. Um, my grades like weren't great, but I gave a hell of an audition and you know, I'm Wait, a, you auditioned for NYU? I don't, I know oh, nothing. Yeah. About you have NYU. to audition your way in. Really? Wait, yeah. so did you do stand-up or what did you do? I wasn't doing stand-up like, yet. No, I, thing? Oh. no I, I, I was a, and this is going to, this is going to blow your mind. I was a, once a dramatic actor, still consider myself a dramatic actor. Oh. Um, so I like, I, the way I, so the audition for NYU was you did two songs and two monologues. And so I did. Songs? Yeah, yeah, I can no. sing. I can sing. And so I sang Close Every Door from Joseph. I sang Miracle of Miracles from Fiddler. And then I did. Oh, just like super religious across the board. It's definitely very Jew heavy. You're not incorrect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I did on, on the similar topic, Brighton Beach Memoirs was one of my monologues, mm-hmm. which is a Neil Simon play. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember the this other monologue, but it was a, it was a drama. It was like serious. Uh, oh. And that's what I did best. I was really, I still uh, consider myself, I like love doing dramatic acting. Really? Yeah. Wait, so is that, can somebody please cast Danny? I want to see this. Uh. Uh, it's, and it's, and I never, I everything I get cast in is goofy goof of the goofs of goofs. It's like yeah. just, I, I literally, I was doing a self-tape with my friend the other day. We both had a self-tape to do. And uh-huh. his was like this like gritty cowboy like drama. It was like mm-hmm. just beautifully written. And like and then we had to do mine. And I literally was like a shirtless neighbor who was like just like an idiot. It was like FaceTiming. Yeah. And I just was like, yeah. what am I? Why can't I get? The, why can't I audition for a real thing? Yeah. The breakdown is one of those that says, please don't reply in this unless this is actually you. And it's like expert moron. Complete yes. moron. Yes. Yeah. One of the dumbest humans of all time. Yeah. And you're like, are you top 1% of stupid people? Yeah. And it's like, that's me. So like, yeah. So I, that's what I usually audition for. I've done a couple um, dramatic things like here and there. I'm in a movie called mm-hmm. Blowing Up right now on Amazon Prime. That's Ooh. like a rom-com. And mm-hmm. it's me and Sujata Day uh, from Insecure. And uh, that one is like, re- I like really like my performance in that and there's a little bit of drama still mostly funny but a little bit of drama and then like you know i do all right but i i never got to do like you know i've at most things i've done have been like incredibly goofy and then like commercial acting i'm literally famous for being chased uh or hit by things and that is (laughs) that is my thing i have been chased by many animals which is great because then you're just going to keep getting that um yeah, it's like I'll Forever. do it. I'm yeah. great at being chased. I love being chased. Wait, so did you want to be an actor when you were a kid? Yeah. Was that your like dream? Oh wow, that was my dream. Did, yeah, yeah. Did you do um, theater and stuff in school coming up? Yes, I did theater all through school. 
Um, I like my my parents, but my parents, you know, grew up in Virginia. My parents were very much like not into the acting thing. Mm-hmm. So I went to a public school with like a wildly mediocre theater program. Although <laughs> you don't say a public school in Virginia. In Virginia, mm-hmm. we didn't have a top tier program. Although, <laughs> ironically. Uh, when I was there, um, a girl, Madeline Wise, uh, was my Lola to my Joe in Damn Yankees. And mm-hmm. she is on uh, So Help Me Todd as like a series regular right now. Oh. And I'm like, look well, at us. Fun. We both like connected recently. It was like, look at us. Both I love up. that. Let's, let's Isn't fuck. that so fun? That's freaking I, whenever... Are we allowed to curse on this? Yeah, absolutely. Please do. I don't I know the rules of series. Uh, there's a handful of my friends that I graduated with that are succeeding in their dream jobs. And it's so surreal because it's like one of them, um, my friend Dave Davison is in this incredible band called Maps and Atlases. They're out of Chicago. And in 2019, I was in Berlin for shows and I just happenstance. I ran into Ever Maynard there, who's a friend of mine from L.A. Love Ever Maynard. Love. Todd Berry, who's fantastic. And one of the most intimidating <laughs> yeah <laughs> extremely intimidating i was hard, terrified hard to say anything to him that he doesn't immediately mock like him but <laughs> yeah. everything i say to todd yeah. he's like well that's dumb and i'm like you're right he's pretty stupid yeah yeah, yeah. I, said it. I opened a show for him in berlin and i was like 10 minutes late because it, the cab system was fucked up and he was We'll say not pleased, uh, <laughs> but also just so nice. I was terrified, and then later he's so nice. Um, and then my friend Dave and his band Maps and Atlases was out there playing a show, and it was so surreal to connect with these people I know from all different corners of my life. And we were all there, and we all met up at Dave's show after we missed the show. But then Dave and Todd hit it up because Todd hit it up, hit it off because Todd's also a musician, and it was just like. I mean, my brain was melting, you know? Yeah, yeah, It's crazy. Sorry, I didn't mean to... No, no, no. It's it, it's very crazy anytime anybody from childhood is, like, in your world again. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they know such a specific version of you. And a version of you that, at least for me, you've, like, Maybe. tried to kind of forget. Yeah. Like, the version of you, you're like, I was peak ugly. I was peak <laughs> ugly. I, I don't want peak... you to know that. I, I've always said this on things where I was like, I was bullied a lot. But I've also always been like, but I don't disagree with the bullying. Like I was a mm-hmm. weird kid. It took me a while <laughs> to figure it out. Wait, what do you mean? What is when? How were you la- bullied? That was justified. I was I was quiet but weird. I was you know, uh, <laughs> I I wasn't. I I don't do things people want me to do as a rule of thought. I just don't. Do, I'm just a weird guy. Like I'm a weird person. It's why I'm. I think pretty good at stand up is because I see the world kind of differently than most. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the downside of that is particularly in school, it's like I, I was weird and I wasn't as defined as I am now. So it isn't like I'm describing this like smart, like interesting mm-hmm. takes version of me in high school. It's like I was <laughs> out there just like ranting and like just weird. I was a weird kid. I was a weird yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, well, I'm surprised also like, uh, that your parents didn't nurture your performing vibes, your performing vibes, your 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 chosen career. Because if you were in theater and you were weird, it's like I know. But what? but then I wasn't even like 
I was such a weird, I, I like didn't even, I mean, this is kind of the cool thing about me as an adult is like the cool thing about me as an adult is you can bring up almost any topic and I know a lot about it. Um, okay. Because I didn't so have you're a autistic. Gr- Listen, if you're out there and you're listening and you're autistic, I didn't mean that as an insult, unless you want to take it as such. No, and then, you know, live your life, live your dreams. But no, I I just was like, I, I just, because I didn't have a group, I never got told what to not yeah. like. So I was very into theater, but the theater kids like were so theatery and I'm not that. Like you can see I'm mm-hmm. not overly theater type. So I didn't love that energy. It's a, so, It's an exhausting energy. It's an exhausting energy. And so, and I mean, and let me tell you, you think it was tough in high school. Wait until you went to NYU acting school. Christ. That energy. The moment someone says my craft, I'm like, I'm gone. You Goodbye. can't imagine, dude. I, so I, I studied the, I studied the method, the mm-hmm. Strasberg method, which is incredibly intense, dramatic acting. So I would literally be in a room with actors all day where they would be crying and weep. We would do these exercises where it was like. You relax yourself and then you take yourself to like this past memory because it's all about sense memory. That's the big thing in, in the method. And so kids are crying and weeping and screaming and yelling. No, and I just no. would be there just like, God, I just want to act. I don't quite know what we're doing here. Oh, it's brutal. <laughs> it was so tough. That's too much. It, you know what? If you want me to go to a past bad memory, I, I'm going to say no, thank you. I'm, I'm not doing it. No. Yeah. They loved it. So, but then, so cause I wasn't super, so cause I wasn't with the theater crowd, I also was super mm-hmm. into sports. Mm-hmm. So I love sports. And then it's like, but then the sport, obviously the jocks didn't love me. So I wasn't really in <laughs> they that. They were like, get out of here. <laughs> obviously. So then it was like, I was super into magic, the gathering and oh, like, boy. and like that kind of stuff. And then, and even like Warhammer, which is like a level that's like deeper. Uh, but I was really into Warhammer. And then I got, I was very into professional westling. That's like still a big thing I'm into. And it's like, you're and just, it's just covering all the bases. You're like, please someone insane. be friends with me. It's like, people yeah. think I'm lying when it's like, cause you just grab anything. And I'm like, nope. I, I like all the time. People are like, particularly I feel like musical theater. People are always are like, no, and I'm like, ah, yeah, no real. I will really talk musical theater with you. I love it. That's it's great really stuff. funny. It's, I mean, musical theater is fun. I, I don't, uh, I cannot do it, but I enjoy it. I love I it. I enjoy a musical. It's a great I time. Love it. Hi, it's I, just pure happiness. I'm still trying. I'm I'm always trying to figure out a way to, you know, I got very lucky where part of my career I got to do musical theater and I'm mm-hmm. still trying to like battle my way back and in it and I'm doing something currently that's like a little musical theatery and like just always fighting my way to sing, to sing a little. You Hey, a lot of people sing in their stand up. You start. It's the one place I don't <laughs> do it. I know. It's like the one place I don't do it because I try because when I started comedy, I was a theater uh-huh. kid. Or I went in, even though I'm not a theater, I came in mm-hmm. as like, I had like theater kid stereotype mm-hmm. attached to me. So I like, particularly started in New York City, everybody just hates that. So it's like all the comics were like, so like I just so quickly started getting really stiff on stage. I was like, I'm going to be so stiff mm-hmm. so that nobody can say I'm too theatery. And then it like, <laughs> and like, and so that's it's just weird. And then it's like that obviously is insane to do. And so then like everybody and so everybody was like, well, you can't be doing that. So then I like stopped doing that. But but and it wasn't really until I came out to L.A. that I even like let myself like show my personality on stage. When I was in New York, I just stood and told jokes, which is kind of the New York way. But like I would I did it. I was just I was a pure New York comic. I was just like on stage telling jokes. You just you 
bam, bam, bam. And then when I got to LA, it was kind of the first time I was like, started doing long jokes and I started doing like kind of my style now. But it was all because yeah. I was like trying to kill that theater kid. Yeah. It's interesting what habits you form trying to squash something else, you know? My first couple, uh, you know, your first couple years in stand up, you're just doing an impression of comics that you like. Yeah. Anyway, you know, it's like you yeah. just sort of go through your like, I went through my Dane Cook phase. I went through my Berbiglia phase. I went through my, like, you just go through your phases. And then like, you were like, Berbiglia's too good. I got to pull it back. <laughs> I was so early on Berbiglia. I was, I was mm-hmm. in Berbiglia way before anybody else was in Berbiglia. So I really could have gotten away with it, but I knew what I was doing. Yeah. It is interesting to see new comics, like if you pop into a mic or something, which I, I'm like, I don't have any, I, I hate them, but if I'm prepping for something, I'll do a, I'll do a I mic. Do it all I don't the time. Ca- nothing wrong with a mic. Yeah. Uh, there, it's hell, but it's still I mean, reps, yeah, there's a ton wrong know? with the mic, but I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's fun to see new comics and like, ah, mm, that's a Jesselnick fan. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a David Tell fan. You know, it's, uh, I think, that I don't know. I, fi- I find it fascinating. Somebody recently, cause I have a very, I have a very unique way of talking and I mm-hmm. think I talk very uniquely on stage and, uh, Somebody recently was saying they've like seen a couple people who they're like, I don't know if they're doing like perp, but like, Ooh, and I was like, oh, that's like kind of that. cool yeah. that they're like kind of doing me. And I was like, hey, let's go. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, copy me. Please. please. Good I luck. Need this. Good luck out <laughs> yeah. there. I'm changing. So I'm you, doing a, a new thing right now anyway. So please get in there. So what made you get into stand up in the first place? So it was, so this is a double edged story. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so the first thing was like, you know, I'm at NYU, but I'm also doing comedy. I get into Hammer Cats, which is the sketch group there. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'm doing sketch and I'm doing improv at UCB. Um, I'm doing everything but stand up. Stand up is the one that like feels very closed off. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people weren't particularly friendly. Did I'm, it feel terrifying? The act itself a little, but mm-hmm. more so like the commute, like when you walk into an open mic and you're a new comic, it's it's really scary. It feels closed off. I felt like a leper. I remember I did mm-hmm. this one open mic at the old Eastville Comedy Club, and I was last on the list, and everybody would go up and then leave. And so mm-hmm. I went up, and there were still like three comics there, and then the three comics left, and the host walked out to go talk to one, and I literally was in the room alone on stage. <laughs> and I was like, well, this is stupid. Like I, it was like, that, and so I'm doing that, and I'm like, so you got the best feedback of your life. I was obviously. just like on stage, like it was like, like I kept going for like a minute. It was like, wait a second, not one person's. Well, what are we doing? <laughs> wait, like, did you notice right away? Like, were no, you it, like, actively took me, watching like, a couple of seconds because I was like, wait, that person, like, that person, like, wait a second, there's literally nobody in the room right now. Yeah. Uh, How much time did you have left at that point? Oh, I, I just started. I mean, it was probably only three minutes <laughs> set, but I mean, I just started. It was such a waste of everyone's time. Um, <laughs> and so it was like that. And then it's first this like improv at UCB where it's so supportive and then like sketch, which is like a group, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's like, and so I was doing stand up like, you know, maybe once a week, which is a great way to be really shitty at stand up. Yeah. Uh, you know, you got to do it every night, at least once a night. If you're going to get good at stand up, that's just what it is. And so I just wasn't committing to that. And at the same time, I was starting to graduate NYU and I was discovering that uh, I didn't, you can't audition. You can't audition mm-hmm. 
if you don't know somebody in Hollywood or if you don't have somehow snuck into reps. So I was graduating NYU. I have no connections. I have no anything. And so I did all this training and I'm like, oh, it's all for nothing. You know, like I can't. Mm I can't, and I'm watching the people who did have connections start auditioning and start booking. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Yeah. And, I and your no, parents are like, told you. hundred <laughs> percent. Like, oh, and that's exactly what they said would happen. They were like, they were like, you can't, you know, be a dude from Virginia and just get into Hollywood. So it was like, mm-hmm. and I'm in New York and I'm just like, oh, it's, you know, I'm sort of going through that phase of like, oh, I think I wasted it all. Cause like, I don't know how to be undeniable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then around that time, right as I'm graduating, my friend Lindsay is like, uh, credit to, shout out to Lindsay Farentino, a uh, great playwright. She was like, hey, there's this guy filming his special at the NYU theater called Skirball. Do mm-hmm. you want to come? They're giving out free tickets. I've never heard of this guy, but I guess he was in 40-Year-Old Virgin. And I was like, oh, Sure. And I was third row for Kevin Hart's first special. That is bananas. What? And <laughs> and the whole, I've never heard of this guy. Amazing. Never heard of this guy. He was in 40-Year-Old mm-hmm. Virgin. That's what we knew about him. And I didn't even realize he was in that movie. I was like, who are you He has a cameo. About? He has yeah. a quick cameo. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, and he was just incredible. He was so funny. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen that level of comedy like yet like Mm -hmm. i just hadn't seen somebody that good and that underrated he was so underrated for a long time and he was just so funny and i just remember like he finished and i just remember sitting there being like i don't know who he is i don't i still don't know who this guy is but that was undeniable what he just Mm -hmm. did you can't deny yeah and the next day i quit improv and like wow started and just was like oh, i'm doing stand-up every night like that's how i'm gonna figure this thing out and that was it so it was very much due to kevin hart that's incredible wait Thank so you. do you are you a big fan of his now then yeah pretty. i mean big i fan. assume you're a fan to some degree at least i mean i'm a fan of anybody who's good at stand-up comedy and kevin hart is and i don't want to speak you know i don't want to say anything that might ruffle feathers but pretty good at stand-up comedy yeah, no, he's incredible. Uh, he's incredible. And so, <laughs> yes, I am a big fan of Kevin Hart. Um, I have met him many times. I have never once told him this really? story or that really his impact on me. No, because it's like it's weird to say. So it's like, well, it's not, I don't know if that's weird to say. I'll send him this clip. I, look, I don't know him, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you love, yeah, let him know. But it's yeah. true. So, yeah, that, that's how Kevin Hart was like one of the big reasons I got into stand up was because of him and so i started going every night and really like grinding and i grinded and then like you know from there just like was like i'm gonna figure this thing out and that's how i'm gonna act because i can't act without it and i also and then fell in love with stand-up like genuinely fell in love with it yeah it's the it's so fun and i i love it as because i did improv and sketch as well and i moved out to la initially for acting and it feels like a nice counterweight oh where's that information been this whole time I feel like I'm out here on a whim. You never mentioned that the exact same story. <laughs> not the well, not the exact same. I dropped out of college. I also I went to school for political science. There you go. I didn't have I didn't know theater was something you could get a degree. Where'd you go? Where'd you go to college? Purdue. Nice spoiler maker. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm surprised you know that. I don't know why. College, I don't know why. It's surprising. College sports. Just, oh yeah. Oh, I know yeah, every mascot right. of every team. Oh. 
Um, that's something. Uh, that's <laughs> useful. Another I'm one of my useless skills. <laughs> Ask me about a swamp deck and magic also. <laughs> um, but stand-up is a really nice counterweight to everything else where you have absolutely no control. So it's like... I have no clue how any actor does it out here to this day. I don't know either. Like but I'm acting, like, but I'm like, if I didn't have stand-up to like... Mm-hmm give me purpose at night and allow me to feel like I'm doing something. I'd be like, how do you guys not absolutely lose your minds? No idea. No clue. I it's because if that's all you have, you have to put everything into that. And you can't. And the issue is, is you can't, you can't, you can't put everything into that because Mm -hmm. to put everything into that is to have any control. And Mm -hmm. so it's like with acting, it's like particularly nowadays with like self tapes. It's like, you know, back in back before the pandemic, at least like I could go in an audition and I feel like I could really like impress mm-hmm. the casting director. I could really I could really show you something in the room. I could blow you away. I, I booked roles off of a great audition. And even then, like I would get auditions off of a great audition. Uh, 2022 is like now when we don't go in rooms because casting directors are <laughs> choose your words <laughs> taking their time uh-huh. and seemingly potentially choosing to do their job in a way that might not doesn't seem as if we <laughs> care too much about casting a good person <laughs> as much as just saying you did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to, uh, audition. It, it isn't like it used to be like self tapes. Yeah. Now I send them in, but I'm like, I mean, I all the time I'm like, I have no clue how you watch this audition and have any clue who I am as an actor with self tapes. Yeah. And so I'm like, it's a waste of everyone's time and money and energy. It's kind of, it feels kind of like, cause I just got commercial representation for the first time ever. And congratulations. Um, oh, thanks. Who you with? Um, uh, Laura Suhu. Yeah, I think I'm so. Laura, I'm with Laura Suhu. She's great. She's a uh, I just started with her, and it's like, on the one hand, you can't, your charm can't really come through with the camera. But then it, on a, on the other hand, for me, as somebody that's starting to audition now with a commercial agent, it feels more comfortable because I'm like in my own space. But that's and the I problem. Like, mm-hmm. And yes, and I love that. Mm-hmm. But also it's a problem mm-hmm. because the issue is, yeah. is, to me, as much as everybody's like act, like, to me, when I talk about film acting and, and You're I like they need to know how bad you are in the room. <laughs> there's two things that make you good at acting. But yes, in my mm-hmm. opinion, on, on a film set, you need to have two mm-hmm. qualities. You need to be able to take a direction mm-hmm. really well. You need to be able to like you're going to come in with an idea and they're potentially going to tell you it's the exact opposite. And you need to be able to in the moment flip every choice you made and make that work. The mm-hmm. second thing you have to be good at is not is clutch. You have to have a clutch gene which you'll have because you do stand up. But for mm-hmm. a lot of actors, they don't have it. I've seen multiple actors, particularly post pandemic. I've been on multiple sets now because a self tape is easy to do at home. There's no clutch gene involved. You used to have to go in the room yeah. and do the audition. There was a clutch sheet. You had to not yeah. panic in the room mm-hmm. on a set. You know, you think an audition's nerve wracking on a set when a hundred people are moving shit and anybody goes, okay, we're ready. And just turn and look at you. I've seen people now lock up really bad on sets Fuck. and it's really tough and they're not getting, you're not getting that assessed. You're not getting the sense of taking notes cause you used to be mm-hmm. able to take notes in audition. You can't tell if anybody can take a note through self tapes. You can't tell if they're have any amount of clutch gene. And those are the only things 
other than like basic ass acting skills, it's like, can those are the two things, particularly for commercials where there's very little actual acting involved. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, yeah, it's just silliness. It's truly silly. And it's truly just like, you know, like it's very, you have to like ham it up (laughs) because you're like Verizon or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you probably audition for real things, but because you're like a, 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 a human that you know people would want to look at but for me you have to remember that like <laughs> you have to like everything i'm auditioning for is usually like <laughs> just again i get chased by animals that's literally uh-huh. yeah. i get chased or hit i am currently in a commercial that's airing where i am my car gets smashed the one i was in before that i get a burger hit out of my hand the one before <laughs> that i was i mean i just i get hit by things that's what i do so at this point, you're kind of a pro stunt man. I mean, I would just put that on my resume if I were you. I've taken many a fall. I've been shot on camera. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been chased on camera. I've been attacked, been attacked by bees. I've been attacked by penguins. I've been attacked <laughs> by. Uh, it's it's a lot. A bull. Uh, I feel like people are fucking with you now. I feel like maybe they watch your real. Please and keep I, fucking you with know me. What? They pay me to do these commercials. Yeah, I yeah, could. They don't even have bees in the commercial initially. <laughs> I literally, I the one I, I mean the one that's most recent with the car game smash. The audition was for another role, and then they were like, "We're gonna have you." They were just like, "Could you just pretend your car is being smashed on the commercial on the commercial audition in real time?" Uh, directed by this guy David Shaffey, who's like the best, uh-huh. I think, in my opinion, the best commercial director I've ever worked with. He's incredible. Uh, should not be directing commercials anymore. He's just too good. He needs to be directing real stuff. He's he's mm-hmm. so fucking talented. And uh, but he literally was like, "Can you just do this on the fly?" And I was like, "All right." And I just was like, "Ah!" And then he, that was it. <laughs> and then I ended up doing that. That's great. I love it. So you started. Um Stand up in New York, as you said, in college. How long did you do it out there before? Like, did you come out to LA right after you graduated, or did you stick it out in New York for a while? A couple of years in New York. Um, Post graduation, at least two years ish. Mm-hmm. And I started kind of flirting with LA because I knew the acting thing was there. So I was yeah. like, hey, it'd be, it seems like there's more work mm-hmm. out there, you know, at and uh, and so I started coming out more and more, and then uh, I came out at one point for like a pilot season. Mm-hmm. Back in the days when you could be hip pocketed, which is now not allowed. Uh, I was hip pocketed by somebody. Oh, at- I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, they got rid of it. It's stupid. You can't be giving auditions to someone else who isn't on your Ooh, roster. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Well, then why? If I'm on, if I'm on some, I mean. It's a double M, but, but either way. So yeah. I was, uh, I was hip pocketed, came out here for a pilot season, went on zero auditions for pilots, but mm-hmm. I also, uh, while I was out here was with Laura cause I was with Stuart talent in New York for commercials mm-hmm. ended up going when I was in LA, they were like, Oh, work with rain. And mm-hmm. I first audition I went on in LA, I booked this Coca-Cola campaign Whoa! and that was, and I was like, well, I guess I'm staying in LA. Holy shit. Wait. That's that's huge. Was Laura like top of my list? <laughs> that's it. You forever. She was. I mean, yeah. And then I lost it slowly over time. But now no. I'm trying to get it back. Because when I started doing Crazy X, I couldn't do as many commercial auditions. And I fell down the list. Which mm-hmm. is fair. I wasn't reliable. Yeah. 
I was one reliable yeah. for auditions. She sent me auditions. I'd be like, oh, I can't do this. And she was like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a but, bummer. But that's awesome that you booked the first one. I mean, did that feel... I mean, I guess that must have felt like a sign to you. Or did you did you have an understanding, having gone through NYU, of like how rare that is? Yes. I knew it was crazy, and I knew what a big deal it was. Now, the story does end in disaster, as most of my stories oh, no. do. <laughs> but um, yes, I remember just thinking monetarily in particular. I was like, well, I can monetarily live in L.A. now because <laughs> I have this check coming mm-hmm. in. And then... You know, at that point, I was also doing stand-up out here. I was making new friends. Everybody in New York knew me as this shitty open mic comic. But everybody in L.A. was meeting me as this pretty good open mic to doing show level comic. I was a level Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right. You know, and I had a bunch of, a couple of my friends had already moved out here. Uh, You know, when I first moved out here, I mean, you know, both Rachel and Rami were like two of my close friends. They both had already moved out here. They both were doing really well. Rami's so fucking good. I know it's annoying. And so he, uh, but I, (laughs) (laughs) but I stayed on his couch when I first moved out to LA Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was just great. And so I was like, I was, yeah, I just was like, I think this is the place to be. And so I just moved out here. That's great. Yeah. I love it. And did you like it right away when you came out to LA? It's different, right? It's like New York has this feeling of like communal, communal insanity because it's such a horrible mm-hmm. city to live in. So you're like, but we're all <laughs> so living in this hard. nightmare. So it's yeah. like there's such this camaraderie. There's such this expectation to go out. Like if you're staying, if you're staying the night in in New York, it's like almost weird. It's um, really bizarre. It's really weird. It's like, of course, you go out every night in New York. You go out. You do something. You see a friend. Yeah, you go to your a bar. Is- four foot by four foot so yeah. there's nowhere to fucking relax right so everybody's out in LA I remember being out here and like you do a show and then sometimes I go to you know a diner or whatever I'd be see my friends but then there's nights I you know would do a show and then I get home by like nine I was like oh I guess I'm just in tonight and so that can be really sad it can be a very isolating place mm-hmm. particularly when you're a single you know a single just like you know, it was fun when I found, but like just a lot of nights of like, I'm just alone yeah. in my apartment. Sad. Yeah. LA is weird like that because the whole top to bottom, the whole experience is, is isolating because you're also in New York, you're on public transportation. You're surrounded by people constantly. You're never not by another person. Yes. Now you York can, City. now, but then I would say with New York, it's like you can, in New York, you can see a thousand people in one day and have zero mm-hmm. meaningful conversations. Yeah. In LA, you know, sometimes I'll talk to two people all day, but you know, that could be some of the some yeah. deeper conversations. So it's like it's weird how completely fucking different it is. It's really completely fucking different. So, uh, but I just sort of was like, this is where I need to be, and so I moved, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just figured it out, figured out what I was going to do out here. Yeah. When was it in stand up that you realized like, oh, this is it. This is my career. I mean, I don't know. I think that like, you know, early I had, you know, I went on the road with Hofstetter early and that was really great experience for me. I do remember. So coming from the improv sketch world, one thing about stand up is when you start doing mediocre at stand up, you start making money 
mm-hmm. like even a little you know what i mean you do yeah, a spot even like at a 10 cl- bucks here and there but when you come from the improv world it was like whoa you know there's much and then like <laughs> yeah. when i was in new york this club called laughing devil that was run by hofstetter had this really amazing program that now i'm sure would be illegal where because <laughs> <laughs> it was like for basically no pay you would host every show for a month and it was oh. like yeah that's not good it was the best it was the best thing that yeah i mean it's me. good to get that, that it was time. everything I, it wasn't just i learned how to host yeah like, and you're an excellent host it's it's just that's a real ass skill it's a real ass skill and when i first moved out to la and i was trying to figure out how to get like every club i just was like i can host and i got into every club as a host mm-hmm. and i can do that and then you know then i had to kill that slowly over time there's still some clubs that will be like can you host and i'm like i only host really my one show that's it i don't host anymore but like i just got so good at hosting and like mm-hmm. that was such a big thing was like that kind of formative thing but that's like so then i'm on the road with hostage i'm doing those then i get a college agent i was in the college world very early and very that's lucrative that's actually money so now that's i'm at, like silly money when you're i think for a newer comic it's like what? yes yeah 1500 for a gig when you're just starting you're like what yeah. that's my rent i paid my rent yeah. in one gig well that was in 1996 danny it's not no, anybody's rent anymore <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah i'm saying back in the back then now it is now but there's a, uh, no i know well listen i i lived in when i lived in new york i lived in like a four-bedroom apartment when i moved out here i lived in a room when i first moved mm-hmm. out here it was like literally one of these houses that's like fully legal where it was like you know had just every room was rented to a different person <laughs> they have, yeah i've had a lot of friends that had like split a living room with somebody and there was just like one of those dividers mm-hmm. in between i'm like this isn't a way to but live. i paid nothing i paid when i lived in la i and then i moved to this place middlebury which is like i called it the compound because there's three different it, mm-hmm. it's all apartments that are four bedrooms so the only people that live there are like extreme people who are trying to save money so it was like me and three other comics lived in this place and the rent was like i think i paid 700 a month that's for my, crazy for my room that's crazy and so literally one college gig paid mm-hmm. my rent and then yeah. i still had a day job but i was like now and so that was so that was part of it was like yeah i'm starting to see money come in and i'm getting good and i'm i'm different at, like very also i was like oh i'm different like people definitely noticed early like oh i have a voice that's very unique and that was really cool because i do these long jokes and so that was just like i was like yeah i think i love and i just loved it like i love i to this day i love stand-up comedy so much i get so angry when it's bad i get so happy when it's good yeah i don't understand people that constantly i mean there are comics that constantly complain about it and they're like i fucking hate this and i'm like then go away oh i'm like why are you literally just stop what are you what's happening all the time i'm like i'm like i love stand-up comedy so much it keeps me up at night i literally like <laughs> truly i i'll listen like my wife was yelling me the other day because like she got in my car and i had um i had a uh, laugh radio i had the channel mm-hmm. 98 on serious playing mm-hmm. that's what i listen that's what i listen to i'm kidding know, listening uh, to you yeah. <laughs> but i was like listening a lot i that's what i listen to in the cars i'll listen to stand-up uh-huh. sometimes and just hear new uh-huh. comics and stuff like that and she was like isn't this all you do? Like, how are you listening to this too? And I'm like, I love it. I love listening <laughs> to new so jokes. Good. I love hearing new jokes. I like hearing what people are working on. Like, 
And so, and I, with that said, sometimes get exhausted of stand-up comedy as an art form. So I'm like, when yeah. somebody's like, "Ugh, I hate it," I'm like, "How are you doing this? I love this so yeah. much, and I can barely yeah, sometimes." Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, "How? Wow!" I'm like, "I, I, I'm gonna kill! I'm gonna kill everyone!" Like, yeah, <laughs> these people hate it, and they're like, yeah. still doing it." I'm like, "Get out! Yeah. Go do something!" Like, get out primarily so I can have your spots. No, I don't care about that. <laughs> I, the thing I hate is like these social media people who are like touring doing stand up. I'm always just mm-hmm. like, "Go box." Yeah, do do literally go box. Else. Boxing's so much easier. There's so <laughs> many easier ways for you guys to make money. Don't do. St- it's literally. I was trying to because I have a joke about TikTokers taking our jobs, but like mm-hmm. I was, and, but like you know, like me, like the initial joke was 700 minutes long, and now it's like a two, three minute joke. But like, mm-hmm. I literally was like, you literally picked the one thing to tour with that actually is hard. Yeah, you could just do. And do your podcast live do your yeah. du- i'm like I, i'm not even saying take a, like take my weekend at a college but like at a club but like just don't do stand-up you're it's so hard it's so not worth it <laughs> yeah. there's so many easier <laughs> ways to make money yourself there's so many easier ways to make money wait so what were you doing as a day job when you were like getting started and doing colleges so when i was in NY, so I was, when i was in NYU, when i was in new york so when I was at NYU, I worked at the I worked at the post office, NYU post office. But then uh, when I graduated, I worked at this place called Adafruit. Shout out to Adafruit. Uh, they are a, an amazing company uh, where they make science kits. And so, oh. uh, but it's like adult science kits. It's very hard to explain to someone, but it's basically open source electronics. If you know anybody in that world, incredible company. I was their f- fourth employee ever. Oh. You're on the ground floor of everything. Adafruit. I want to say that company now probably has 150, 200 employees now. Uh, Massive company now. In so good. They're so good. They were run by the best people. And they were so cool because they loved me. They loved me because the the woman who runs it, Lady Ada, uh, and her husband, Phil. But Lady Ada is like a Mm -hmm. celebrity in that world huge celebrity in the open source electronics world i could not have given two shits which was great (laughs) because i wasn't like people who would work there would be kind like particularly as they started hiring more and more like people who'd work there would be so intimidated by her they'd be and Mm -hmm. i was like i feel i have no clue what you are other than my boss but like other than that i have no clue and so Mm -hmm. i would um all of my job was just to put things in cups. That's all I did all day. I would just put little things in cups and like they, a little factory line, like a little factory. Yeah. I was like a little factory. Like I would put out 50 red, so 50 to hundred red solo cups. I'd have a list of components that had to go in. I would just go down the list and I would take the cups and I <laughs> was it, it on a belt. Bag. Like uh, that, like a uh, sketch on Lucy where it's going by and you're just like, you know what I'm talking about? On no. I Love Lucy when they're doing the chocolates, they're wrapping chocolates. I can't believe you don't. This is like the biggest, the most famous I love scene Lucy, from man. the entirety of the show. I'm um I in love, my late 70s. <laughs> I love I Love Lucy so for the old. record. You should. I mean, it's not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, they're just, she's working on an assembly line with Ethel and they're like wrapping chocolates or something, but then they start eating the chocolate. Anyway. Oh, I might have seen this actually. Mm-hmm. That was a really long walk for me to try to make a half joke. Uh. <laughs> I used to watch, I'll tell you what, so I was huge into Lewis and um, Martin as a kid. Mm-hmm. No idea. 
Look at that. What am I doing? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Lewis and Martin. So wait, was this, were there like red solo cups going by on a conveyor belt? Like was it? No, you just put them on a. Wasn't just, even that demanding. You would just put them on a literal like on a table and then I was the. I was the conveyor mm-hmm. belt. I would literally, yeah, very scientific. go down, and then I would pour them into the thing. It was you'd have to be QC'd after every one you did, and QC'd uh, quality checked. Oh, uh, I'm like, huh? I've only my I've friend Brian. So my friend so, Brian yeah. was their third higher, second or third higher mm-hmm. ever, and he just started hiring all of us one by one. So my mm-hmm. entire college room ended up working at this company, oh, and wow. it was the best job. And they just totally. Like they were like uh, very quickly they loved me so they were like if you want to move up here you can, and I was like I want to be a comic I want to be an actor this is my day job and they were like great they would let me leave on a moment's notice for mm-hmm. that's incredible gigs. that is crucial they would let me just leave for college gigs and just come back like they just were like like when I was there I worked hard to my credit like mm-hmm. I got done what I needed to get done but like they just let me do whatever I needed to do it was awesome and then that's when great. I moved out to L A. I started selling theater tickets. So I sold uh, theater subscriptions to La Mirada Theater for a hot second, but then the Geffen Playhouse was the one I sold. Dude, I did that for, I think, a week. Yeah. When I was between jobs years ago, a friend of mine was managing one of those. It was like in Burbank or something. Where you I just worked sit at on that place. And you go through yep. a list. That was me. Wait, do you know Teresa Gumprecht? What a last name. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> she was a friend of mine from uh, Second City, and she was the one that was like managing. She might have, she she might have been. I I remember literally zero people's names there. Um. Uh, but yeah, I, I worked at that literal. I, I'm for sure positive I was the same place. Theater yeah. Direct was the name of the place. There's like yep. Yeah, mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. three rows of cubicles yep. or whatever cubicles. it was. Pretty small. Yep. Mm-hmm. But same situation of just they had a whole thing. They like everybody there had another thing they were trying to do, and like their whole thing was like, hey. This many hours a week, just be here for that many. Mm-hmm. With you, and I then couldn't take it. I was so good at it. I hate selling people things. I'm so good at it. I hate how good I am. Yeah, I could sell I mean, anybody pro- anything. I probably would be good at it. I just feel so guilty. I'm like, I because I have such hangups about money. I'm like, I don't want to push you into look if you don't want to buy the thing and then by the end of it i'm like no no, no don't buy it save your money i could still talk you into a geffen <laughs> subscription it was a good deal i i would literally i, I would listen it, it, save your money just save your money if you don't want to see theater you should i would always say i was like hey listen if you don't want to see theater you shouldn't mm-hmm. do this you know but i was like if you like the if you i i would the way i would do it is i would call you i and i mm-hmm. i and that was a little tricky so the first thing i would do is i'd call people and i'd be like I'm just here, like, I just want to see what you thought of the show you just saw. Because I had on, you know, you knew what show they had seen. So I'd be like, oh, I yeah. just wanted to know what you thought. And they oh, would tell me, end. and we'd have a nice talk. You know, uh-huh. we just kind of talk about the show. Uh, me completely bullshitting, I saw very few of the shows, but I'd be like, oh my God, it was so beautiful. Or I'd be like, you know, it could have been better. Whatever. Like, whatever they said, I just would agree yeah, with. Yeah. So it's a little manipulative, but not terrible. You're like, I've, I've seen only the Jewish heavy ones. Yeah. Yeah. And until they do Fiddler, I don't show up. Um, Yeah. But but then they were like, and then I'd be like, look, can I tell you what's coming up? And if they said yes, I would be like, at that point. So the thing about it, because it was such a, you would dial 100 people, you dial so many people Mm -hmm. a day, and you're not cold calling, true cold calling. They had been to the theater. So to me, it was like, it wasn't a true cold call. So, but even then, like most people don't answer. I'd literally be working on my phone. I'd be writing down jokes all day, like just 
dialing blah, blah blah dial blah blah looking at my phone and like even they'd answer i'd be like hi you know how i saw you saw this what'd you think still on my phone blah 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 and he'd be like oh yeah blah, blah. I'd be like, okay cool uh you know hey can i tell you what's coming up and you know if they most people would be like no nah, i'm all right thank you I'd be like okay mm-hmm. and then if if somebody did go yeah actually what is coming up put down my phone and i would just lock in and i would mm-hmm. tell them about the five shows coming up and then I would say the deal, I would go, do you think you want to see two of them? And if they said yes, I go, great, I'll give you five. That's the deal. It's basically five shows for the price of two. And if you're That's a good deal. It is a great deal. Matter of fact, maybe I'm going to go on Geffen online after this. I might actually buy a subscription. You should. Can you get a commission from it? I know it's been a little while. (laughs) It's been a hot second. I don't know (laughs) if I'm still at. But it, it was a really easy sell to me. It was a, mm-hmm. it was a genuinely good deal. They do put on good productions at the Geffen Playhouse. Oh, they fantastic, uh, fantastic. So I I felt it was a good product. I I felt very mm-hmm. confident in the product I was selling. And so that's good. Well, I, and the same goes with your standup. Thank you so much. Well, this new, the new special. I mean, it. Yeah, I, I there was a. Let's part, get into that. There was <laughs> we don't need. I mean, but there was a way. No, should, I, I guess. To. But there but there was a part initially at the end when I would get all serious where there was a part where I was like, this is I was a salesman. This is what I do. I know how to convince people. An mm-hmm. opinion is real, even if it isn't. Like this is what I do well. I am good at this. I am good at convincing mm-hmm. you what I am saying is true. Mm-hmm. That's also and, what cult leaders do, Danny. So careful. I you know <laughs> my my wife was saying this the other day because we were watching one of the hundreds of cult documentaries out there right now. And she was like, mm-hmm. who would fall for this? And I was like, I got to tell you most people there are they, not just most people for you. And I, you tell me if you, where are you from originally? Indiana, Indiana. Right. So I'm from Virginia. Indiana. Right. So it's like mm-hmm. when you first moved out here, you're telling me in those first couple of years, if you had taken, if you talked to a, the wrong person at a mm-hmm. bar, and they had pulled you into, hey, do you want to take this class to potentially get an acting thing? There's this person, this TV show in this class, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. You're telling me you couldn't have gone deep in on some of those? Like, I probably could have. I, I absolutely was... am like, I'm like, Scientology blew it not getting to me early. Because I was, I was <laughs> See, young and I was I don't think they would have because I don't like religion. So I'm like, mm. But they're not a religion until the last possible second. And they're really not a religion, sure. period. They're not a religion except for tax purposes. They're not a religion. They're they're an ideology that then has their corruption. But it's an ideology. It's not really a religion, yeah. right? There's no real God involvement other than aliens, I guess. But like, yeah, they just became a religion because it allows them to be tax exempt. Mm-hmm. Oh, entirely. I do... Um, I don't know. I do have a somewhat decent sense. I th- I think I have a decent sense of stuff like that. Like I can sniff out an MLM scam right away. I and I worked for one for a couple of months. I was like at this so it sounds quote unquote like, advertising firm. But I got hired and then I was I couldn't leave. I was trapped because I was making cash every day. But it was twelve hour days, six days a week. So I was like, I can't find. Like immediately, I was like, this is bad. But I need this cash right and then i only got out of it because on my lunch break one day i saw that a starbucks was having a hiring fair i i swear to you on everything danny i went to the starbucks and i sat down with the manager and i was like please please you have to hire me i am stuck in a fucking sales cult and i can't get out because i'm working so many hours i was like i'm i promise you i'm a good employee and she was like oh my god and she hired me on the spot oh that's so nice and of her. so i got out that's so nice yeah. she like literally like i love stories like, that. It's <laughs> like, like saved me 
Yeah, it's like a nice hire, but it's also like she literally saved you. Like she got you. Yeah. Like, and that's a great way to hire somebody to be like, oh, I'm like, maybe this work employee works out. Maybe it doesn't. But like, mm-hmm. I'm literally saving them from a situation. Yeah. Because yeah. it is tough. When you get a job, you know, and you need money, if you're paycheck to paycheck, it's like you can't. I've yelled at so many people about this because people mm-hmm. are like, well, if you don't like your job, quit your job. Like, go find a new job. And I'm like, when you're paycheck to paycheck, you can't just quit your job and then yeah. find your next job. You're trying yeah, to find you your next two job. Months to wait. <laughs> right. You have to find your next job while you're working your job, which is very difficult to pull off. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like trying to work around to whatever. I mean, that's a whole different fucked up scenario. Sure, sure, sure. We're, I did. I was telling you before we started recording, I watched a big chunk of your special. I haven't. I started this morning. Sorry. I'm such a procrastinator and I fucking love it. And I'm I did going a ra- to finish it. Thank you so much. I did a radio show this morning where he had literally no clue what it was about. So you, you're oh, doing great. Oh, no. I great. hate that. It was super um, fun. Well, I'm, and I'm a fan of yours anyway. W- Thank you. Even if you were evil, I'd be like, well, you got to hand it to him. He is funny. Um, <laughs> which I do tell people but you're I don't, evil. But so. I don't think I, yeah, I was going to say, but I, to, <laughs> no, to be no. clarify, I, I like to think of myself as a non-evil person. Personally. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'm the best, but I'm not a, yeah, yeah. an evil not person. Not great, but not evil. Shit, I think evil is a strong uh, word. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm a human. I, I have... You know. Yeah. So you, what made you decide to do, so for everyone listening, his special is called You Choose. It's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't as, it wasn't as clever out loud. No, it was great. Uh, it was great. <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> somebody please fucking shoot me. Um, uh, and it's a choose your own adventure where you get to a point and then you click on the screen which direction you want the, the next chunk of the set to go yep. and it's so fun and i'm but the the interesting thing is i'm like oh even as a comic my even though my a lot of writing comedy is writing against your opinions or your own intuition or whatever for the sake of a joke right i was like every at every time i was like clicking on the thing that validated my own opinions uh-huh. and i'm like oh this I feel like this is a psychology experiment on me. <laughs> you know, it kind of is for everybody. Uh, it is. It's yeah. literally like you're picking. You pick my opinions. Is the way you know what I tell people. I go. You you're told. You know the when I was used is. Do you love David Blaine? Do you hate David Blaine? Mm-hmm. And if you hate David Blaine, I will vehemently. You know that joke is completely different. The both jokes are completely different. So, mm-hmm. if you click hate David Blaine, I am going to, as passionately as humanly possible, absolutely tell you you're correct. And that mm-hmm. uh, he is the worst. And if you click love Dave Blaine, I will tell you with every passion in my body that he is the best. Mm-hmm. And I love him with every ounce of my body. And it, that is the whole special. And it's uh, Well, it's that fun. feels like that folds into like some of the themes of political science, too, where you're just arguing aside. And if you're ever doing like debate or I mean, lawyers are people lawyers representing bad people don't necessarily believe they're good. They're just fucking really good at arguing well, why so, they're good. So I am now going to say to the listener that if you are listening mm-hmm. to this and you would like the ending of the special to be a surprise, mm-hmm. to stop. And if you don't care, continue to listen. You can go and, and then if you would want to but come back then. But because mm-hmm. uh, I'm now going to talk about the end of the special. So the end of the special is me revealing to the live crowd that mm-hmm. everything they heard was a lie. That everything I'd said wasn't true. I love it. That this was a true. They didn't know it was a true joint adventure special. They were watching. They thought I was just doing a normal special filming. 
Yeah. How did you film that? Like, did you just like. Just did two shows and one was one side, one was the other. Um, That's fascinating because I mean, I'm not finished with it, but I was, it feels like, and I mean, this is, if anybody listening, this is, that's really fucking difficult to pull off with two different because when you film something or record something, you always do two shows, at least, in case mm-hmm. something goes wrong. Mm-hmm. But because of different people's laughter and the way different bodies fill up a room, and you know, sometimes if if one is totally sold out and the other one is a little bit shy of undersold, the sound can be totally different. And it doesn't feel that way watching it. It feels all like one solid piece. We had to sell the hell out of that show. But then also, if you notice a very specific thing mm-hmm. about this special is that there's no shots of the audience. Every shot is on me. We don't have any okay, cam- yeah. even camera angles where you're catching people to the side. And you're Uh like seeing people in the front or anything like that. You're never seeing the audience because it allowed us to cheat. And whatever side you're on sounds about right. Yeah. Um, But yes, it was a tricky little game to play. Uh, And we did have to deceive and lie. My only frustration. Well, and also here's not this frustration isn't a complaint. It's a it's because I like it so much. Also, for anyone listening, it's not. Do you like David Blaine? Do you hate David Blaine? Here's one punchline. It's like a fucking seven minute chunk each direction. So yes. that's a, a lot of writing. Yes. That is a a lot of material, which is so impressive. My only thing is I'm like, I wanted somewhere where I can watch the whole thing all the way through both things back to back because I'm like, well, now I have to I'm going to go back and watch the other. But I mean, that is enjoyable. Yeah. I, this is, I, and I, so I'm not I, like, I don't say that it's any I think kind of people, critique. No, no, no. I think people can, you know, the thing I always tell people is I'm like, you can always just click the back button and choose the other side if you mm-hmm. regret your choice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can just always do that and uh, also go back through it and pick the other sides. But the ending of the special, I reveal to the live crowd what is happening. And then I talk about, I, to your point, I literally go, so this is what politicians do. Mm-hmm. What I did is what politicians do is you pick something of an, of an argument that is kind of true. You ignore the parts that aren't true and you make that argument. This is what politicians do. If you are a, mm-hmm. if you are a Republican, you are receiving money from probably the NRA, which means no matter yeah. how obvious it is that guns mm-hmm. are a problem, you can't say that you have yeah. to, whether you believe it or not, defend the second amendment, whether it makes any sense or it doesn't, because if you don't, you will lose your job. So you either Mm -hmm. lose your job or you do it. If you are a Democrat, you need money from environmental agencies. You Mm -hmm. need it. You cannot win if you are not. not, You have to pretend the earth is good and we should keep it around. But also, (laughs) but also, but also if you, If you're, if you know that your state isn't spending the money on that stuff and is instead spelling it, spending it on police stuff, you still have to go, mm-hmm. we have to tax more and we have to do this for environmental stuff. You don't have a choice. Yeah. That yeah. is what they do. They will ignore the part that doesn't make sense and stick with the part that does make sense. That's all I did on this special. And then mm-hmm. the special closes with me. So the, the thing is, like I say, you know, I'm a transgender rights advocate the whole crowd applauds and I go, why are you trusting me? Why are you trusting me that I support transgender rights? And then I do this joke about what a real opinion is. And I take you through my journey to understanding transgender rights. That's how the special closes. I love it. 
but that and that was also the first joke I wrote for the special. And then I went back. So is that what is that was that what made you do the choose your own adventure mm-hmm. thing? Yeah, I had this joke about real opinions, it. and I was like, "All right, well, I guess the ultimate proof of concept, and would be so cool." And by the way, this is mm-hmm. in many ways backfired because in 2022, so few people watch a f- special to the end. Mm-hmm. So so many people have watched like part of the special and been like, "It's really impressive." Like people have written reviews, and I'm like, "They didn't make it to the end." But 100% sure, because yeah. if they made it to the end, <laughs> you would know that it is yeah. less impressive and that there was a bigger point. But that's my own detriment. That was my choice. I still believe I love in it. it. And I think I appreciate you doing that just as another stand up because I'm like, I feel like I'm in a place right now, not to make this about me, uh, but, but I feel like I'm in a place right talking. now where I'm so bored by just regular ass standing there and telling jokes stand up Mm -hmm. and i'm like trying to find new ways to approach my own material because i'm like my favorite special that i've seen in the last 10 years and outside of mine go on yeah outside of yours chris (laughs) rock is my favorite comedian of all time but my favorite special is Adam Sandler's 100% Fresh because it's completely fucking different than everything else. I don't know if you saw it. Of it's, course I saw it. It was incredible. It was really so good. Fun. I agree. It was really so different. Well shot. Well mm-hmm. shot. Uh, uh, and, uh, it's so well done. So, so well done. He's just so talented mm-hmm. and he's so smart and the way he went about it was so good. I love, I've always, you know, the thing I said about this special is I was like, I love specials that are special. And we've mm-hmm. lost that in 2022, right? It's yeah. It's what for what 10 hour years we've lost it. <laughs> what hour of material do I have? What club mm-hmm. can I film it at? Can I get four cameras there? Yeah, that's what a special is now, particularly in the YouTube era. And not saying anything wrong with that. No, a lot of gr- killer comics and joke writers. We don't need. Hey, listen, an hour is an hour, and you put out an hour, and congratulations. But I love specials that are special. That's the thing I love. I love Thoughts and Prayers from Anthony Jeselnik. I mm-hmm. love um, I love Three Mics from Neil Brennan. I love uh, a less, uh, I'll say one that's a little less that people don't talk about ever, ever, period, ever. Whitney Cummings' Sex Robot special is mm-hmm. really unique and nobody yeah. watches it or talks about it. It's really unique. Taylor Tomlinson's new special about mental health, really unique. Yeah. Um, Everybody talks about Bo Burnham's. There's so many that have come out, though, that have been unique in this sea of of just monotonous people talking that, mm-hmm. I don't know, I wanted to be a part of that group, and I think it's really fun. Yeah. And, you know, my first special was weird. This special's weird. My next special I'm working on is going to be pretty weird, I think. I think I know what the premise is going to be, and it's weird. And um, But it's just for me, I'm like, I just don't want to ever put out, I don't ever want to put out Danny Jaws live at the whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's been done. Probably to the I mean, detriment of my Danny own Jones, career. But yeah, but it's, I <laughs> no, mean, I think it's great. I mean, we'll see. I think it's, it's great, especially like not. And I'm not saying that you're average, but I think that you are fighting against being a brunette white guy in a sea of brunette white guys. You know what I mean? And not because I think a lot of times the industry doesn't listen to your voice because they're packaging you as a product and so they're like oh well we have this product yeah you look like this yeah, and yeah. it's like no 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 no. i mean i i've 
it's been the bane of my existence where people are like, oh, so you're just like Amy Schumer. And I'm like, not remotely. And that's yeah, not yeah. anything against Amy. Sure, sure, sure. I mean, it, and it's, you know. it, I mean, that's bad agents doing bad agent stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's what they do. They, you know, we have a lot yeah. of, uh, I've said this recently. And again, there's some great agents out there. I want to be very clear. There's some yeah. really great agents out there. Um, but there's a lot of uh, accountants also. Yeah. These days. yeah, that's a great way to They're put just, it. They're uh-huh. just uh, looking at numbers. A lot of number mm-hmm. talk. That's it. And I'm like, what that's about our it. what about our eyeballs and our hearts? Yeah. And, our, <laughs> and they're just accountants. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. But no, then there's like, but then there's care. people who aren't. There's people. There's mm-hmm. some really great reps out there who are not accountants, and those are the ones you got to yeah. seek out. But yes, there's yeah. the accountants are going to be like, oh, we already have somebody who checks these boxes, and it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just see, you know, we already have this number, this person with this number combination, we already have. Yeah. And you're like, all right, cool, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, so I'll battle that. But we all battle our own battles. Look, I'm also, you know, as I many times have heard both sides of this argument, you know, it's like being a white guy right now is uh, at times challenging. Being a white guy right now is also uh, being a white guy. So uh, there's uh, a lot of things about that that are also uh, quite good. Um, mm-hmm. you, yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm also Jewish, wherever that falls in your world. Um, yeah. like whatever that means to you right now in a way that doesn't, uh, get me in trouble from both sides of people who hate Jews and like, Jew- and don't think Jews exist or whatever thing is. It's like, it's just Jews are a myth for sure. Just so we're clear. <laughs> uh, literally in LA, that is a true thing that I hear a lot. Being, Jews are a myth. Jewish isn't a thing. Jewish is there's tons of Jews. Oh there's no issue with Jews. There's Jews are everywhere. Oh, We're all a Jew is a white uh-huh. guy. You're a white guy. You're not Jewish. Yeah. You're a white guy. Which yeah, is like never mind the actual white. Yeah, and it's like and it's city. like I'm from Virginia. Okay. Like well, I'm happy to. I, all right, but you know you can't make that. You yeah. got to just kind of take it. <laughs> yeah. But you're like all right, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, like, whatever sure, you say, boss. Sure. You know, uh, like yeah. Uh, so I know we've had a little revival recently, but. Though. Yeah, a lot of people you, in the industry. You'll be, back. you'll be on the come up soon. Oh, I think <laughs> we're something? the come. I think I we're know. the comeback minority of the year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot um, of people at have... the beginning of the year were like, "Jews, are fine." Now it's like, look, yeah, look, look at us. <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Um, I was just gonna say I don't want to. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, mm. but I do have one last question for you. Yes. that I like to ask everyone. Oh boy. If your childhood self, Danny, like ten-year-old Danny, could meet you as an adult now, what do you think he would think of you? It's like, well, (laughs) is this good for a radio show? Uh, I'm thinking that's a, that's a deep question. I think deserves a deep answer. I I think, Mm -hmm. look, the obvious answer is like, of course he'd be pumped to hear that I have supported myself as an artist for quite some time, Mm -hmm. uh, done quite well. I would also, you know, (laughs) have to tell him about the absolute utter horrific moments that have occurred in my career. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, I was dropped by agents in the little pandemic. I don't know if 10 year old me has to know that, but that that's also a part of this industry. Um, I think that he'd be pumped to know I made that far. And to me, I, I think the coolest thing would be that I would like to think 10 year old me, although I don't think he'd appreciate this at the time because at the time he'd just be like, but are we, are we cool? And are we like, am I accepted? Cause I think that was the biggest thing I was after when I was a kid, I would probably be like the coolest thing that's going to happen is like the people who like you really like you and Mm -hmm. you've really like 
you've made your the thing that you hate about yourself right now, which is that you're so unique, will as an adult be very cool about you. Like you are, you never got through that. You just sort of made that your mo, and I think that would be really cool. Um, I love that. Yeah, that's really sweet. Thank you so much. It was deep. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah i think he'd think you're cool i think, I think he'd, he'd see the special and be like oh shit yeah this is really nice i hope so yeah look at you doing your thing um who knows awesome well thank you so much for being on today and everyone's for real for real everyone needs to watch your please special. watch it's it. really fantastic please watch it watch to the end it's 35 to 45 minutes based on your choices it is a lovely time you will i promise enjoy it and i promise you the ending is worth it Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and I will talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, that was Danny Jollis. You can find him on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Danny Jollis. It's spelled J-O-L-L-E-S. And I highly recommend going to his YouTube and watching his specials. He is so lovely and so hilarious and creative. You are going to love him. And again, I am Lisa Curry. You can find me on Instagram and TikTok and Venmo at Olympian Lisa Curry. I do have a few dates coming up uh, December 2nd and 3rd. I am headlining off Cabot in Boston. I'm very excited to go there. Tickets are available on their website. December 15th, I'm headlining in Vail. You can get tickets at vailcomedy.com. And December 16th and 17th, I'm headlining the Comedy Fort in Fort Collins, Colorado so stoked to go there. I have not been to any of those three places. You can get all the tickets on all of their websites. Please do. I would love to see you. I've got new merch. I've got a new hour. It's going to be an incredible time. Other than that, we'll see you right back here next Thursday. Bye.